And good evening, everybody. Welcome to. Wait a minute. Wait a. Welcome to uh, Mantar. What are you yeah. doing here? How you doing, Mantar's, Mantar's memoirs. Pleasure to meet What's you. What's happening, folks? Yes, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, we are Mantar's memoirs, and um, I am your co-host, Mantar, and my special guest tonight, uh, the Pharaoh. Special. Welcome to the Pharaoh. You know, it's good to see him. Been incognito for a while, but I'm glad you finally made an appearance. Yeah, and I recognized you without the. Uh, yeah, without the. Uh, how did I do that? Right? I don't yeah. know. I must have done some research or something. Well, well you right. know, I am a pretty good-looking guy, so it's hard to forget well, a face. You like know, this, someone's right? got to be around here. I mean, geez, look at me. Anyway, <laughs> uh, former WWE superstar Mantar, Mantar, tell us a little bit about your Ooh. show for those of folks who haven't seen it yet. Yeah, you know, um, trying to do a sports talk show slash um, kind of life, wrestling history. Um, just talk about whatever the hell I want to talk about. It's my show, so, you know, we can kind of go off on, you know, whatever avenue we want to drive down that day and um, see how it works out, you know. Just here to, you know, get to know the fans, let the fans get to know me and um, kind of uh, get to know some of the behind the scenes and the real life of a ex-professional wrestler so how is it being retired all these years later is it uh, is it hard do you miss pro wrestling um yeah i actually do um you know i miss entertaining the people uh, mostly um that was you know that's why you you do it i think it's why you're in the job is to entertain the people and so if you're going to do it entertain the people then it's obviously about the people and um, so you do a lot of things to your body that you wouldn't normally do. But, again, you're doing it for the fans and doing it for the people. And um, you have to have a passion to be a pro wrestler. And um, I had a lot of passion, took it very seriously. I was a, I was a great amateur wrestler. Um, so um, I took a lot of pride in amateur wrestling. And, of course, I took a lot of pride in professional wrestling, you know. But, uh, you know, I'm enjoying the retired life, you know, living my best life right now. Just been on vacation for the last two weeks. Uh, me and my uh, family and uh, Mrs. Dunkin' Donuts. We um, Mrs. Dunkin' Donuts. Yes, she's uh, okay. on her way to Augusta. She's driving with the puppies. Very good. So um, we've been Jerry Lawler's puppies. No, no, oh, no. Never not mind. Lawler's That's a different puppies. kind of puppies. I'm sorry. <laughs> I stand corrected. Two Westie puppies. They're about four months old. Oh, okay. Very so, nice. Um, yeah, How's your body holding up? They're the you know, after after uh, a long career. Well, you know, I got a plate in my back, I got a plate in my neck, mm. I've had surgery on both elbows, you mm. know, both knees. Mm. Um, you know, my back is the biggest problem, but it is what it is, you know. Um, again, that's it's not ballet, and it's why you do no. the job, right? Yep. So you got to expect, yep. you know, things like that to happen, of course, and... Um, it's, uh, you know, I, I really enjoyed it. I had a really long career and, you know, pretty successful. And obviously, you know, uh, what has it been, uh, 28 years, 30 years later, people are still talking about Mantar. Must have done you something, know, right? So I must have done something. Must right, have done you know, something. So. How, have you, how have you found the adjustment to doing a show now? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it, you know. I mean, um, it gives me another way to entertain the fans. And, um, you know, if I can put a smile on their face or make somebody laugh, you know, then I, I feel successful. You know, that's what it's all about is making the fans say, oh, shit, I can't believe he just said that. Or mm. what the fuck just came out of his mouth, you know, mm. or, you know, just anything, you know, just start laughing, you know, over some funny shit, you know. So, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's about entertaining the fans. And, um, 
and it also gives them a chance to get to know me and my life and kind of what goes on behind the scenes and in real life, you know what I mean? So um, it's been quite enjoyable and, you know, I can I can talk for days and days and days and not tell you the same story twice. Um, so that's a good thing. You know, I've had a lot of life experiences and I've uh, been to a lot of crazy places and did a lot of crazy things. And um, I'm still here to talk about it. Thank God. Was the you business know? as crazy back in those days as we've heard? I mean, after all, you were around for a lot of notoriously wild uh, characters in that locker room. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty crazy back in the day, you know. Um, were, you, were you able to avoid a lot of the things that unfortunately have taken the lives of some of these guys? Whether it was too much uh, roids, or too much drugs, or too much booze, or too much uh, cocaine, yeah, or whatever you know, it was, I mean, these these I've guys always, thought that they could do. I've been lucky, Pharaoh. I've I'm, I've always been just a pot smoker, right? Excellent. Bob and, Marley uh, approves. Yeah, Very right, good. Exactly okay. right. right. That's so fine. I got, I got my medical card, so I'm Very good. nice. Very nice. Yeah, so, I have one too, but it's not for yeah. weed. Oh, never mind. <laughs> uh, let's not get into that one. But uh, okay, so that's that must help. I would assume that helps with whatever joint pain you got. Yeah, and, you know, because I really don't like to take them opioids, man. I don't like how no. they make you feel mm -hmm. and shit. And uh, mm -hmm. um, so I'd rather smoke a joint and try to take the pain away. You know, right? Kind of try to relax a little bit understood and, understood um, you know just, i do it for uh, mental pain I, I i keep trying to take more but it doesn't seem to be working you know yeah it is i got a question for you if someone came to you because i'm assuming you're not you're not doing any more bumping that that crap is long gone pretty much yeah. right if someone came to you you know holding an independent card somewhere and offered you a shot at like perhaps managing or speaking for the for someone, would you be interested in something like that? Oh, absolutely. You know, um, I might even put on the trunks again, but I would never take a bump. I got you. Right? Wait a minute. What would you do then? Just well, wear the trunks? I'd go out there and fucking smash somebody like oh, I used okay. to. Okay. You know, so you could like just good, smash. Just like no one smashed me. Okay. And nobody fucking smashed <laughs> no me. And nobody ever anyway. smashed me. Not That's true. Razor Ramon. Yeah. That oh. fucking prick tried to smash me, and I fucking yeah. got into it with him in the ring and then back in the locker room. While we're at that, why don't you? Uh, have you already if you've already told that story then then we'll skip that but but you want to elaborate a little bit on just how yeah, wrong know, he, Razor Ramon was towards yeah, you yeah he just you know called a spot and took a cheap shot and tried to open hand slap me and knock me the fuck out and um, mm. I just shook it off and you know charged him and fucking give him the forklift and put him in the corner start fucking the forklift. punching him and Vince Ooh. gets on the microphone to the ear, referee's ear and says tell them two fuckers that Knock that shit off there on national TV. Right. Save that shit for the back. So the referee came over and said, Vince said, you know, you guys better get back to fucking work and save that shit for the back. Yeah, what are you TV. doing? <laughs> yeah, that's not the script. Like, hey, man, what, are you, what are you guys kinda, doing? Kinda, kinda, we're just kind of having a go at each other right here, right? Because he knows I'm fucking... I'm like, you motherfucker, man, take a cheap shot like that. Any problems with Nash or Sean, considering those were the boys he ran with? or? Um, well, just after that, after that incident happened, I knew that my days were numbered, right? Because yeah. Razor was part of the fucking clique. Of and, course. You know, if somebody in the clique don't want you around, then you're not going to be around. Yeah. Um, I don't care who you are, what you're doing, um, you're, you're, you're gone. And, um, so that was kind of the case. And, uh, but it is what it is. You know, they brought me back two more times to do two different gimmicks. And, um, so they must've seen something in me, you right. know, some kind of potential or money making material. So, I mean, um. I'll take my chances and, and, you know, did the best I could with them. And, um, I mean, you're only good as the person you're working with anyway. Um, but if the office doesn't really give you a shot um, to show your abilities, then 
you're never really going to make it very far in the business, right? They're kind of holding you back because, right. you know, they say, okay, you're going to go out there and do this, um, but we don't want you to, you know, do too much of this or shine too much, then, then you're just going to go out there and you can't really expand on your character because they got you fucking handcuffed, right? Right. And um, so, I mean, there's a lot of ways that the office holds, holds you back. And, you know, you can try and take your shots and, you know, take your little spots and try and get your shit in, you know what I mean? Um, Do you regret but, being cornered with the Mantar gimmick? I know that that's not an easy um, question, but it's an honest question. Yeah, you know, I was kind of hoping that Vince would kind of use my gangster character that I was right. fresh off with doing over in Europe for right. so many years. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I developed that character and changed it a few different times and finally came up with a really nice gangster gimmick character for that. And, and you uh, worked on it for how long? Oh, probably over the course of 10 years. Why would they, why wouldn't know, they take that? It's you're coming in ready-made. I don't know. You know, I was at that time I was, you know, 375 pounds and I was a fucking killer. Yeah. And wearing a gangster suit and, you know, coming out wearing amateur wrestling fucking tights and just eating up people, fucking suplexing them all over the fucking place. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but they put this fucking half man, half beast bullshit on me. So. You know, I tried to do the What best was your reaction you when know, they listen, did that? I'm going to tell you something, Farrell. It's not easy making chicken salad out of chicken shit. Yeah, but right? you did. I, I, I mean, did. But what I was did. your reaction when they pulled that out? Were you like, oi, what do you like, mean? This or, okay, I'm going to embrace this and, get, and they'll talk about me 30 listen, years from now. Listen, you had you had no choice but to embrace it, right? I right. mean, right. you're going to say, fuck it, I'm not doing it. Well, then you're not going to have a yeah, job. Then you're not working for Vince. You know, then you're not working for Vince. There goes the dream home. job. Yeah, so, I got you know, you. you're going to do what he fucking tells you to do. And, I got uh, you. You know, try to, like I said, try to make chicken salad out of chicken shit. So I'm glad that, you know, almost 30 years later, people are still mm. talking about me, you know, whether yep. it's yep. whether it's the belly-to-belly -belly suplexes they remembered, where it's the Mantar shuffle, whether it's just the fucking Mantar bullhead, mm -hmm. uh, whether it's the fucking horns in my head with the paint. Um, I don't really care. You know, I'm just happy that they remember me. And, and from the um, response that I've been getting, because I just recently opened up a... Uh, all my social media accounts. So I, you know, got an Instagram and a fucking tw uh, uh, TikTok and, uh, TikTok. you know, oh I opened up my Facebook. And right. so, you know, I'm starting to get out there. And um, have you found the response like, you know, surprisingly overwhelming or, or, you know, so far so good? I mean, what's well, I mean, once you me, get into the internet world, now you got everybody. Yeah. I mean, you know, for me, it's, um, you know, you get the messages every now and then that says, hey, Mantar, man, I remember back in the day I used to watch you on TV and I was going through a real fucking tough time. And um, and uh, the way you just kept fighting, man, really made me want to fight and or whatever the case is, man. So, you know, what your actions or your words changed my life. And even if it's just a fan that I signed autograph for. Right. You know, a guy wrote me a letter about three months ago. He said, hey, Mantar, he said, and he sent me this picture. And it was me, and it was obviously this kid when he was like 10, you know, and he's <laughs> like 40 now, you know? <laughs> yeah. And uh, so it's like, it wow, good, man. What, yeah, it's got to feel great. great, man. It's got to. And um, said, glad to know you're still alive and, you know, you're doing well and, um, you know, wish you the best. So, I mean, that's, those are great messages, man. Those are great messages, and it just makes you feel like that. You know, you've done something right. Well, you did. Mantar's favorite all-time match. Ooh. Um...
Drum roll. The drum roll's done. Yeah, I'd have to say my favorite. That's a tough question. Man. I know. You know I mean, well, I'm hey, so, you're sitting with the Pharaoh. What'd you expect? Yeah, well, soft you know, balls? Forget I've, about uh, it. Wrong show. You already know what Monty and the Pharaoh does. Yeah, there ain't no soft balls here, Curveball, Curveball yeah, City. Curveball right? spitball. Yeah, right. You know? Um, but it sink a whole couple of feet. Yeah, you know, I mean... <laughs> Wrestled a lot of big names and a lot of different. Well, there guys. must be one or two that comes I would to have mind. to. I would have to say um, Bret Hart and Moline, Illinois. Wow, Bret Hart! How did that go? You guys that are was, complete polar opposites. That was. That was. We had a fucking great match, and um, I remember I bought my brought my best friend from high school with me. I asked him. I said, Jerry. I said, I'm wrestling up in. Moe, Illinois tonight. I says, you want to go with me? He says, hell yeah, I'm going, Mantar. So we jumped in the car. We drove up to Moline from Nebraska, about an eight-hour drive. Okay. And um, we, I told him, I said, just come with me. Just, you know, keep your eyes open and your mouth shut. Don't fucking say nothing to nobody unless they say something to you. Mm-hmm. And um, so we got to the building, and I found out I was wrestling Brett. <laughs> yeah, was that like, is... What the fuck? So <laughs> yeah. it was like, Brett wants to talk to you back in this conference room here in about half an hour. I was like, all right, Get man, a load I'll, of Brett, pre-match conversation. Yeah, so wow. Like, all right, I'll be there. So Very nice. Um, I went and found my buddy, and he was like, all right, who are you wrestling tonight, Slim? And I was like, you're not going to believe it. He says, tell me. I said, Brett Hardy. He said, are you fucking kidding wow. me? Wow. Was what like, was the no. conversation like when he talked to you before the match? Yeah, yeah, we just, he was just like, Mantar, he said, I've heard a lot of things about you. And he says, I heard you're, you know, pretty snug. So I might even call it stiff. Okay, okay. <laughs> says, but, so uh, that's why he wanted to talk says, to you. <laughs> he says, but I'm, I'm old school. And he says, I right. want this shit to look good. And I says, yeah, that's my whole purpose of, you know, right. working snug. I says, you know, if you fucking close on me, I want you to close on me, you know. Right. I said, if you punch me, you don't punch me. You're not going to fucking kill me. Right. You know, I mean, this is wrestling. This is not ballet. Easy to work with, Bret Hart? He was super easy to work with. And um, after the match, he was like, Mike, he says, I don't know what everybody's complaining about. Right. He said, that was one of the, one of the best matches I had. He said, that was a lot of fun. When he says everybody's complaining about, can you assume that that came from the click? Oh, most fucking definitely, man. There's you know, a lot of fucking prima donnas back then, you know. And, you know, Aldo Montoya, he was like... Um, Aldo Montoya? He was like one of the shirt tail, the coattails mm. of the click, right? Mm. Wrote the coattails of the click. Sure. And I remember I wrestled him in a loop down in Texas, man, Corpus Christi, and I just beat the fucking piss out of him like four nights in a row. How do you and feel about Shawn Michaels' conversion? Conversion to what? He's a man of the cross now. Any uh, thoughts on all of that? Because Shawn Michaels in the past was not exactly... He was more like uh, probably the guys in Motley Crue than he was, uh, you know, the guys in uh, in uh, Sunday Church. So he went from... He's, yeah. he's a preacher, basically, so, minus minus the official tag. He's very much a very uh, born-again kind of guy. Any thoughts on that after what you saw during your day? or So he's went from um, Vincent, Pat Patterson. Uh-oh, here we go. I know Brooklyn Brawler's boy toy to a fucking preacher now? The Brooklyn Brawler too? Oh, yeah. Oh. the story I heard anyway. Oh, that's awful. Really? Yeah, well, Was know, it in Brooklyn? Um, <laughs> no, I don't think so. <laughs> I have no idea. All right. I don't think it fucking matters where it was. Oh, at, right? Yeah, you're right. I guess it really doesn't. It's, the, it's basically the it point of it really all. Hey, Tums anybody? Wow, that's rough. Yeah, man. It's that's rough. Got any, other, uh, got any other good stories for the uh, folks at home from that you could uh, share? Oh, that you, maybe you haven't shared yet on your show? or 
Man, I don't know. There's just a lot of fucking too many stories. Man. Too many it's hard stories. To, it's hard to pick one. How about when you you went over to Europe, right? Yeah, I was over in Europe. That was that was a great time. You know, um, I got to wrestle the promoter out of Vance. Oh my God! Um, a couple times and uh, former world for champion the, of for, uh, for AWA, the belt, right? Yeah. And um, you have to understand if you're wrestling Otto in his hometown, yeah, these fucking fans want to kill you. Yeah, right? yeah. Well, because I mean, over in Germany. They really thought that it was a fight, right? And he was the Bruno San Martino of his country, right? Pretty much was. Yeah, he, he yeah. You're going to be the guy that's... He bought that, that championship from Vern Gagne in the AWA, and he went took it back to fucking Europe, and boom, he became an instant millionaire. You say he right? bought it? Oh, yeah, he bought it. I think he paid like fifty dollars or $100,000. Get out. Big Otto Vons paid Vern Gagne for the, to be the heavyweight champion right. for six months or a right. year. Right, yeah, because it, look, it um, looked great on the Otto resume. Fucking Vern said, okay, fuck, took the fucking scooped up the cash, and um, Otto took that fucking belt back to Europe, and boom, the God was born, right? I mean, this mm. guy was... Of Germany, yeah. He was, you know, feral status, for God's sakes, over there. Wow, right? he's big time. Yeah, huge. You, you gotta brother, like that. Huge. How different was it wrestling? Euro it was, you know, the European style compared to what we do in you America. You know, I loved it because it was more realistic, right? It was less fucking high spots. It was more wrestling and, you know, more telling a story. You had to tell a story on a nightly basis because you might have been wrestling the same people um, in the same town for seventy six straight nights. <sighs> Okay. Right? And some of these same fucking people are there for 76 straight nights. They don't miss a night at 25 bucks a ticket. Right. Right? Yeah, I got you. Know? you. Yeah. And they're there every fucking night. And um, it was incredible, man. I mean, you know, from the only bad nights we had were uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Mm -hmm. Thursday through Monday. The fucking place was sold out. Was it television tapings the Tuesdays um, and Wednesdays? Or? No, no, no. It was just... Uh, How does it work over there? Did they have a weekly show? Nope. They wow. Just, they just wrestle, come to your town, and they wrestle every single night. Wow. Or, you know, so they might be in one town for three days, might be in one town for 17 days, might be in one town for 38 days. Interesting. Might be... Like, we were in Vienna, Austria for 76 straight days. We were in Hanover, Germany for 72 straight days. Okay. We were in Seaboden, Austria, up in the mountains, up in the Alps, for three days. You know, and um, so we were in a lot of different places for sometimes shorter period of time, just depending on how long the tournament was or, or how big wrestling was in that town. So Vienna's a huge place, a huge city. So they ran there 76 straight nights, right? Wow. And we wrestled okay. in an outdoor arena that held probably 5,000 people. So how much of a shock then was it when you start working for Vince McMahon? Vince McMahon doesn't stay in a town for 76 days. He goes to 76 different places in 76 yeah, days. Yeah, you're right What was that, that like? You know, I mean, did you have to get that used was, to that? Or? Yeah, absolutely, man. That was an adjustment. You know, I mean, I was least used to living basically out of a suitcase anyway. Right. Even though you're somebody who's life of a wrestler, 76 of straight days, yeah. you know, you yeah. still got to, you know, do your own fucking laundry and you got to figure out how you're going to eat for the How'd day. How'd you clean that mask you anyway? <laughs> Did you? Were you even able to? Uh, I would think that that would get a tad bit uncomfortable after a while without some sort of rinsing. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, I just tried not to sweat. I like, try not to sweat? You know, You're a wrestler. How'd yeah, you avoid well, that? Hour and extra dry? I mean, think you had to wear it on the way to the ring and not on the way back. Right, right. right. So it was me wow. before I got all worked up. But yeah, man, I mean, wrestling in Europe was, was a fucking blast. Um, it was actually probably the best time I've ever had in my entire life. 
Um, life over in Europe was just great, living out of a camper and um, staying up till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning, barbecuing and, and you know, drinking beer all night, you know. Um, it was fantastic. It was fantastic. Is it the life of a rock star or no? Over in Europe it was, man. Nice. You know, we, would, we would go to these towns and... And restaurant owners would invite the wrestlers to a meal right. after the wrestling show was over. Mm -hmm. So you'd go to the, the restaurant at 10, 30, 11 o'clock at night, and they would serve you a fucking five-course meal for free. All they asked was just tell your fucking fans where you're going. Right. Right? They want you to bring them 50 or 100 people fucking with you. you remember when Flair used to announce on Georgia Championship Wrestling where they were going afterwards? Yeah. You know what yeah. kind of turnouts he used yeah, to get? Yeah, right? You yeah. know? Makes I mean, sense. And, and, you know, you save a lot of money. Sure. You, know, you save a lot of money. And you, and know, you certain, eat well, too. Certain restaurant tours yeah. would only invite maybe you and myself. Right. Or they'd invite, you know, just three or four guys. But sometimes, and most of the times, they would invite the whole fucking crew. Right. And, you know, we would go there and we would eat and drink for nothing, nothing, or or uh, pay a fiver, you know, five bucks, you know. Right. Fucking eat nice fucking steak and chips and, you know, when I say chips, I mean like fried potatoes. Um, sure. You know, fried potatoes with some onions and shit, you know, some vegetables. and. I'm and hungry. Stop, stop naming the oh, foods. Man. I just was curious as to whether you ate or not. I don't want to hear all the ingredients. I'm starving. Yeah, you know, well, it's a good thing hey. I, I ate before I came here. Uh, yeah. You know, I drove eight hours from Booth Bay, Maine uh, to get here today. Um, you so, like the New York food? Dude, I, I love the New York food. Not I bad. I love the fucking studio, man. Oh, thank you. It's, it's great to, you. you know, see everything here and uh, yeah. to be a part of it. You know, it feels like I'm in the WWE again, you know, real, ah. real professional fucking shit going on. Just like man. Tuesday Night Titans or something. Yeah, right. Where's Lord know, Alfred right? Hayes? Oh, <laughs> I, don't think I don't think he's showing up. <clears throat> but yeah, man, you know, I mean, it's been a been a great career and i'm just happy to that i'm still here today be able to be able to talk to you and i'm still alive and breathing thank god you know um like i said i'm trying to live my best life i've been on vacation for the last two weeks uh we went up to uh, niagara falls for three or four days and then we went up to uh coast of maine up in booth bay maine up in the uh um what do they call it? little harbors they got little harbors all over up there mm -hmm. and um you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of small mountains in Maine. You yeah, know? I never yep. would have never would have guessed it. There's a lot of lobsters too. Oh, oh shit, ton! I oh, ate yeah. a few of them. I would hope there, you did. That's the place to have them. I, from what I, I understand. Few, had a, a few lobster rolls. For, I think nice. probably had four or five lobster rolls in ten days. Right? Nice. I think I had one every other day. Uh, you currently reside in Florida. I would assume that that weather has got to be good for your bones. Florida weather is, yeah, you know, my dad, you know, has been saying, he said, oh, we can't wait to get back to Florida. I said, right. why is that? He said, man, he said, being up here in this 50 degree weather, he said, my fucking shoulder had been hurt. I can see that. He said, I, I can't can wait see to that. get back to that heat, right? Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I noticed the same thing with my knees and my, my lower back, right? Just in my neck's a little stiffer, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, I'm anxious to get back. Drive a little man. more aggressively. Yeah, well. But that's I'll, New York. You know, you so know? Listen, I'll tell you a fucking <laughs> driving story today, so, um. My dad said, he said, yeah, he says, we drove eight hours and only got stopped once. <laughs> so I was up in fucking Massachusetts about, okay. I don't know, half hour, because we had to take a ferry from Connecticut to here, right? That's where the GPS fucking took us. Right. So um, um, on the way, about 35 minutes before the fucking ferry, I'm on the fucking highway and I'm driving. 
I came over to this hill, man. I'm doing like 90, right? Oi, what are you doing? And uh, the fucking cop fucking pulls me over. I just Gee, I wonder why. So I just, I just uh, here, hold on. The best part 90? is. 90? The best part is. What are you doing? I was just, ha I just lit a joint. Like uh, 10 he's minutes doing previous. 90. And what are you, just, Tommy just, Chong? What are I you just, doing? I just lit a joint. I can't. I just lit a joint like 10 minutes before, and I was halfway through it. So as soon as I came over the All hill right. and I seen the cop pull on the interstate, <laughs> I, I just chucked the fucking joint out the window, and I rolled the fucking windows down. Right. So this little fucking cop comes up, man. He was super cool, a little buff dude, right? little buff and, uh, dude. Yeah, a little dago, right. man, you know. Okay. A uh, little right. Vinny Bag of Donuts, right? I gotcha. And a yeah, uh, wise guy and came up, because he really <laughs> thought he was a wise guy, right, little motherfucker? All those fucking steroided out and shit, you Right. Know? He was like five foot ten. Would you threaten to eat five him five foot or something ten, like that? I mean. Buck 90. <laughs> You know, he was blow. If you took a pin, he'd fucking blow away. Great. This guy was all blown up. All right, so know. he's instantly probably intimidated. So all he right. comes up, he says, okay. License registration, sir. So I give him the license registration, and um, and he's like, how you doing today, sir? I was like, man, I'm doing great. He says, where are you coming from? And I said, Booth Bay, Maine. He says, what are you doing up there? He says, well, we've been on vacation. And um, he says, oh, he says, uh, where are you from? I says, Florida. He says, is that where you're going? I says, yeah. He said, man, that's a lot of traveling, huh? And I says, yeah, you know, I says, I was a pro wrestler for 30 years. I said, so I'm used to this traveling. I said, I love traveling. Mm -hmm. And um, he said, oh, really, pro wrestler, huh? He said, yeah. He says, uh, what, WWE? I said, yeah, WWF. He says, oh, okay, old school. I said, yeah. So um, I asked him, I said, so what's the problem, officer? What did you pull me over for? Okay. And he never answered me. Okay. He just never, he never answered. He just, I mean, he just fucking, just act like he just never fucking heard me say it to him, right? Okay. And um, totally changed the subject and asked me some questions. He said, I'll be right back. So he's gone for like 15, 20 minutes, right? For right. For a long fucking time. I don't like that, but okay. And um, he was gone for a long time, and I'm thinking, man, he said I was doing... 89 and a 65. I said, yeah. that's 24 miles over the speed limit. I yeah. said, if he would just make it a ticket for 15 miles and over, I would eat it, right? I was okay, it right. is what it is. Can't change it. And don't really give a shit anyway, just a fucking speeding ticket. Right. And um, so he comes back and he was like, here's your, here's your license. So the whole conversation was when he was looking at my license, and on the state of Florida, on their driver's license, it says safe driver underneath. Oh. He says, safe driver, huh? And I said, yeah. And um, I says, that what it says? He says, that's what it says. I says, well, then I must be a safe driver. <laughs> and so. Um, <laughs> uh, it's like, what it, it says be, right it here. A, must be okay. a safe driver. So right. um, we, uh, I was like, well, I says, that's why I don't think, I, you know, I was doing 89. I said, because. All this travel, and I says, I've learned that in order not to mess with you guys and having you waste your time on me and me wasting your time getting stopped by you, I says, I got a rule that's a 10-mile-an-hour rule. I said, the speed limit is 65. I'm only going 75, maybe 76 if I'm lucky. Right. I says, but I don't I don't push it. I said, I don't, I don't you know, have no time for this stuff. And, and um, he was like, well, um. I said, plus, anyway, it says, it says I'm a safe driver. And he says, you know what? He says, in fact, it does. It does say you're a safe driver. Did you get away with this or what? So he comes back to the car. You better have gotten he away gives, with he this. He gives me the shit, and he was like, um, is there anything else besides marijuana in this car? Hey, yeah, bagels. You want one? I said, no, officer. I said, that's it. I said, I just got a few joints in the glove box. Okay. I said, but 
I do have my medical marijuana card. Okay. He says, you have a medical marijuana card? You're a safe driver and you I was like, card. of course I do. So I, I said, here you go. He said, can I have it, please? I said, sure. Here you go, officer. Right. He looks at it. He says, oh, very interesting. He says, okay, uh, Mr. Halleck. He says, I'm going to give you a warning today. Uh, okay. Have a nice day. And, That's you know, fantastic. Be safe. Good. I was like, excuse me? He just figured he'd keep you around for <laughs> half an hour. Excuse I mean, me? I, excuse me. I mean, well, he says a happy ending. It. I was yeah. trying to fucking, almost started fucking choking, right? right. I was like, because I couldn't believe. I mean, that was the best case scenario, of course. Of course. That he's going to fucking let me go. You said, best you case do? scenario, So right? what would you do after you left him? You didn't go 90 again, did you? No, I went 91. You are unbelievable. We can't take you anywhere. Why don't you tell the folks what they can look forward to in the future with the Mantor's memoirs? You know what? Um, look for a lot of excitement. Look for a lot of true stories. And just a lot of great times, a lot of honesty, a lot of passion, a lot of charisma. You know, um, I love what I do, and I'm here for you fans, of course, again and still. And I probably will till I go six feet under, um, because you are the reason why I do what I do. And I continue to do what I do, and um, I just hope that um, you get a laugh, you know, or I can help you with the problem, you know. All I can say is, man, we all we all go through problems in life, and that's just a part of life. But it's how you respond to them problems is the main thing. And um, just don't ever give up. You know, just keep fucking plugging along, you know, because life is brutal for everybody. Life is not perfect. You know, fucking, you might drive home from work, and you might have a fucking flat tire, or... Or you might wake up and you're overdrawing your fucking bank account. Or you or... wake up and someone stole your catalytic converter. There you go. I mean, I mean. Right? Uh, I mean, like, no, fucking, come on. From really? Uh, fucking my catalytic converter? Yeah, man. But you know what? Those things are expensive. The point is, man, <laughs> just don't give up. Yeah, exactly. They sure are, man. Yeah, they're not they fucking are. cheap. That's why they're stealing them. Yeah, they Right? Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, you know, just keep plugging along, man. Don't ever give up. And, um, you know, the motto at Mantar's Memoirs is... You only die once, but you live every day. Nice. And, um, you know, I try to live my life by that. And, uh, you know, I've been to Alaska already this year. I just spent two weeks up in Maine and New York. Um, I'm living in Florida. Got a great family. You know, nice, nice girlfriend. The you know, show's called Man Mantar's Memoirs. Does this mean eventually we'll have a book? Um, yes, actually, we are in the process of starting to write a book. Nice. Um, the Mighty Mantar documentary is now finished. Okay. Um, so we have um, we're shopping for uh, distributors right now. How long did that take to film? Um, we filmed it over the course of probably the last three or four years. Nice. Um, so um, can I ask I who was involved, or was it a, you know was it a fan that took interest, or was it a company? Um, well, no, it was a, a, a friend of mine that I became friends with in Omaha, Nebraska. He was a movie maker. Okay. Made uh, produced a lot of movies and shit, and you know small budget films, you know little indie films. Right. But good good guy, and I was in a few of his films, and you know just a few times that we hung out and 
would sit down and bullshit, man. He just loved my stories because I'd never tell the same story twice, right? And it was always something interesting and intriguing. And he was like, he's like, you're one of the greatest storytellers that I've ever heard. He says because you know you're so passionate about what you're talking about. I said, listen, I said, it's my real life. I have nothing but to be passionate about it because that shit really fucking happened, right? Yeah. I mean, no matter how far fetched it may seem or how fucking crazy or off the wall it is, that shit really fucking happened. And uh, I'm here to tell you. And so, um, yeah, man, I mean, so the Mighty, the Mighty Mantar documentary is, is finished. Looking for distributors right now. Hopefully it'll be out maybe by the end of the summer. Um, I don't know, it's just a rumor, but I heard that uh, Tubi was interested. Okay. Um, so hope uh, we'll see what happens there. Um, you just never know. And uh, But, yeah, so hopefully I'm going to have the uh, documentary coming out and, and the uh, book at the end of the summer, um, I have a uh, new wrestling figure that's going to be out at the end of the summer, All sometime right. in July. There we go. Um, you know, I'm doing the podcast. You know, I'm sitting here with you. True. And um, just a lot of great shit's happening, man. So I can't complain. You know, God's really blessed me, and um, I'm just just happy to be here to spend this, you know, a little bit of time with you and um, share my life and some stories with the fans out there. You know, that's that's what's important, and um, I have a, I'm having a fucking blast. <laughs> How about would you change anything if you could have in the past? Would you change anything, whether it was the decision to become a wrestler, whether it was the decision to accept Mantar, whether it, whatever it was, would you have changed anything? <sighs> Sorry. <sighs> Nobody said it was easy sitting next to me. Oh, man. No wonder why fucking Monty fucking suggested I have you on the show tonight. <laughs> Fuck, he was tired of me stuffing his I'll ass. give you a Monty. Highest yeah. payday. <laughs> <laughs> Something easy, right? I don't know. I don't know if that's uh, easy. Some guys don't want to answer that question. They're like, I study your business. I would, I would say, I would answer that would be WrestleMania when I was in the uh, Lumberjack match. I think what, it what'd was, you get for that? I think it was Lex Luger and somebody to stand outside the ring. To stand outside the like ring? Six grand. Six grand to stand? Yeah. I can do that. Put my paint on and stand there for 20 minutes. And, yeah, I'm not much no. of a lumberjack, though. But No, uh, but fuck it. It was fun, man. <laughs> it must you know? have been. Yeah, you're out there with fucking 20 of your fucking friends. And, Which WrestleMania was this? Um, 95, maybe? 96? 95, 96. So where does that put us? Like maybe 11 or 12? Something or, like that, maybe. What, 10? I, I'm yeah. not sure. Excellent. So WrestleMania was that the was that the pinnacle was that the dream? Even though you're just standing outside, was it like, oh hey, I made WrestleMania. That's good enough for me. Because quite honestly, that'd be good enough for any but any sane person trying to get into this business. Listen, it was it was a pretty you know great accomplishment. Um, I think anybody that dreams of being a professional wrestler, yep, it's the dreams of being in WrestleMania, right? Yep. And it doesn't matter how you get there, as long as you fucking yeah, get there. Yeah, as long as you get there. Absolutely. You know, and yeah, I would have loved to be there two, three, four, ten, twelve, fifteen times. There you go. Um, but once is enough for me, man. You know, I mean, I'm just a small town kid from Omaha, Nebraska, and I'm uh, just a great amateur. And um, you know, Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man, opened the door for me. He got me in touch with Vince, and and the rest was history. You know? Million so Dollar Man. The door got just opened up a fucking sliver, and I blasted through that bitch. Right? How much did your amateur career help you being a pro wrestler? A lot, a lot. You know, I used a lot of amateur moves um, in the ring, 
You know, I used to suplex guys every which way but loose. You know, I'd suplex them 20 different fucking ways. And, um, so it was, it was very important, you know, and, and yeah, I mean, I might have wrestled a little snug, as some people might say, um, a little stiff maybe, but one thing's for sure is my shit was realistic, you know, I'd always would tell them, you know, lay that shit in, man, you know, you miss me by a fucking foot with the fucking punch, and I'm taking your fucking head off, I ain't selling go. that shit, so, you know, take care of your fucking self while you're taking care of me. Well, Manto, you have had a great career. You've obviously had a great life. You're being blessed to this very day. Mm -hmm. I want to thank you for coming to uh, Monty and the Pharaoh's studio. Yeah, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me, guys. You know, and, and again, you know, I want to thank you for, you know, putting my podcast on your Monty and the Pharaoh platform, you know, on all these different platforms that you guys are on, but I'm on the Monty and the Pharaoh channel. And um, I want to thank you guys very much for putting me on that channel and, and giving me uh, my own platform, so to speak, um, to share my life and share my stories with. And I couldn't be more grateful for that, man, because without you guys, I wouldn't be here right now. Well, you're very and, welcome. And so I really you know, appreciate that very much, man. Absolutely. And, uh, thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, on that note, everybody, uh, Mantar's Memoirs, uh, we have a motto here, and the motto is... You only die once, but you live every day. Ooh. Later. Peace out.